Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief. I'm joined by my buddy. It's me, Chris McLeod, a.k.a. Diagnostic 80, from the Full Force, and of course now, Talking Joe. How are you, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. I am excited to cover these, because, yeah, we've got some good issues on this uh, on this one, so I'm, I'm very excited to get involved, but in terms of, you know, what I've been up to... Yeah. <laughs> Prepare to be disappointed in my reaction to these issues, but that's another story we'll come to in a minute. I, um, I must admit, I haven't really done much in the last week other than work i've just been doing a lot of work some stuff i've got to still keep under the radar got to keep it g14 classified but i've literally just been editing and working really really hard which is you know it's it keeps you busy of course joe fest is coming up very very soon in like less than two weeks and i've got um an entire cosplay still left to f- complete that i'm going to be where i'm going to be doing night force lightfoot okay and i know and i've been basically building and i'll send you I'll, I'll tweet pictures of my my current progress for the for the episode okay. of the robot drone that lightfoot has uh his backpack <laughs> his chest like his helmet everything yep. like I've, it's taking forever so running out of time i am in a bit of a bubble when it comes to gi joe in that i am obviously a fan Uh, i don't pretend to know as much as a lot of fans out there but i'm in kind of a bubble in that my consumption is mainly just the comics so i don't even know what joe fest is so enlighten enlighten an ignorant chump like me no worries uh joe fest and also augusta toy and comic show which is kind of like a combined thing that they do is in augusta georgia and will be on the 21st to the 22nd of June. So it's coming up very, very quickly. I'm going to be there as a guest for the Full Force and Hoarder.com, which is a, an app that we that I'm kind of developing uh, as kind of a collector's social network. So I'll be doing that kind of stuff. I'll be doing that. Cool. I'll be working there, which is fun, <laughs> but it's not really work. And yeah, get to get to see some amazing people. Sergeant Slaughter's going to be there. Uh, comic artist Adam Riches. Loads. Of, in fact, Larry Hammer's going to be there. There's going to be right. so many like 3D Joes, and there's going to be so many GI Joe community and kind of famous GI Joe kind of peeps there. It's Keone Young, the voice of Storm Shadow from the cartoon. So. Okay. You know they they're getting a lot of people involved in this one, so um, it's going to be a big show. Sounds good. Sounds good. I only ever uh, have tried to cosplay once, <laughs> and it wasn't even a cosplay. It was uh, when I was at uni. There was a night at the student union called Fetish Night. Where, oh, oh, uh, yes. <clears throat> you uh, obviously dress up in um, sort of crazy outlandish stuff, and you went as the Baroness. Got it? I no. I tried going as Optimus Prime. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> people have got robot fetishes, surely. So the the issue uh, came when I'd kind of made this cardboard head, amazing, which looked okay, and then it came to the body, and I had this box, and it was one of those really thick television boxes, you know, amazing, and it was an old school like CRT box. So it was like. You know, not a thin one. It was a, a proper square one. Yeah. And I'd cut out a head hole and two armholes, got it on, couldn't get it off. <laughs> got it on to try it on for size. And I'm stuck there in the house. Everyone else is out. And I'm like, literally, I cannot get this off. Brilliant. And I couldn't get my arms, even picking up scissors, couldn't get them close enough to the armholes <laughs> to cut myself out. So I ended up walking down the road with a box on just to try and find my mate at uni who could uh, help me out. 
Autobots, transform and roll out. That's hilarious. I kind of wish there was some, like video footage somewhere. It's like yeah. closed circuit television of you walking down the street went like that that's actually I, I say i didn't go again i did go two other times to fetish night one was a <laughs> uh, zombie <laughs> cowboy called pancho sanchez ramirez rodriguez sexy and one was i went as rod holt and emus <laughs> amazing lost on american listeners but well, um, you're just google, gonna <laughs> google rod holt and emu and uh, I, I made a i made a fake bird and uh, i'll see if i can dig up some pictures it's it's not it's not pretty viewing but um, i am him there you go <laughs> uh, that, that's yeah, another even go. more deep cut if you if you know any if you know anything about british culture yeah. that's hilarious I, I i hope there are pictures of your optimus prime cosplay there i don't believe there was any pictures because i didn't do it in the end it was well it was still you know you in a box yeah. anything yeah. yeah but what i've been up to this week i uh the weekend i went down to my friend sam's we played scythe which is this um Ooh, yeah. board game i think i was talking about i yeah. said i'd post pictures of the miniatures that I'd painted. I don't I don't even know if I did say that, but I'm saying it now. I, I think I said I'd post pictures and I didn't, so I will put those up so people can see my... I'm not the, gre- the greatest miniature painter in the world, but I think I'm okay, so let the people judge that. Oh, we'll judge. We will judge. <laughs> we had three games. It's an eight-episode eight campaign. I threw away victory in the first with a silly move. I won the second... And then I was losing the third badly and sulked for the rest of the game. Oh, good. Which, uh, if you know me, is par for the course. <laughs> Apart from that, just working. I had to race home to do this pod. And on the way, the missus said, oh, I'll bring you some chips. Oh. So, and when, when I say chips, I mean like, not, not, uh, I, not uh, what Crisps. Americans would call. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you meant actual, actual thick I meant fries. Fish, Fish and chips, chips. Yeah. So I picked up some of them on the way home, which is very nice. It's funny, it's funny, isn't it? How like both America and the UK, we we both know fries and chips, chips and fries. We we've we've yeah. known it for years. Like we know the cultural difference. But my goodness, doesn't it s- still keep rearing its ugly head while I'm here? Like it's like it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like we both know what we're talking about. So why do we have to? Why do we have to point it out? It's so hilarious that that is yeah. one of the. It's one of those things that you just think. We even call fries fries now, but we're, they're like a lot thinner and they're a lot yeah. more yeah. fry-like. Uh, and our chips are a lot thicker cut, but then people are like, oh, do you mean like steak fries? And I'm like, you know what I mean. You know what they look like. Stop this facade. Anyway, yes. I'm quite fortunate in that I've got a couple of fish and chip shops near me, both within five-minute walking distance that are both very good. So Nice. Uh, I go to one. If there's a big queue, I can just nip to the other. To top it off, I actually I had, I split I split them with her. I literally just devoured them five minutes ago. And then to top it off, I bought myself a Muller Corner. <laughs> nice uh, but it's a new it was reduced to from 50p to 29p because i tend to like going around the tesco or the sainsbury's around 7 8 p.m nice when the woman goes around with the yellow sticker bargains reducing everything getting bargains yeah yeah, yeah. And, only um, three this, years out of date yeah this one was reduced <laughs> from 50p to 29p and it's a it's a flavor i've not seen before it's a it's a raspberry yogurt with pieces of white chocolate coated shortcake meringue style pieces and mini biscuits wow that sounds very tasty really nice yeah so i'm fueled up ready to go for this episode i've also had a, i've had lunch because we're obviously in different <laughs> parts of the globe yeah. Yeah. so yeah I, i'm not sure how well the sugar is going to be able to combat the mental fatigue we have when we go inside chief's mind Ah!" (laughs) gets me every time 
So I don't want to bring down the tone of the show or make it crude in any way. Impossible. But I have experienced lately at work going into a cubicle, a bathroom, a restroom, if you will, and finding that the dirty that <laughs> before me has done his business in the toilet bowl and not not cleaned the bowl. He's flushed, but uh, yeah, next gross. to the toilet bowl there is a toilet brush. I know. Give it a maybe, scrub. Bloody if you've maybe done a sticky one and it's it's stuck to the pan a little bit, you know, get the brush out and uh, get it down there. But uh, twice this week I've experienced it so far. I say him because it is the toilet bathroom area is one communal area, but then there's like ten doors. Each one either has a picture of a male or female on it, so it's the same area that each one is individualised. So you can still poop next to a woman if you want to. You can poop next to a woman if if it's your thing, but um, that's really that's really cool. <laughs> Just make it a trough, and you all sit in the same trough <laughs> next to each other, just chatting while you while you're dropping your deuces yeah. in a little yeah. gutter. That would work. Yeah, it's not. I mean, the problem is there's so few toilets for so many people. It's not like you can just, oh, I'm going to leave and go to the next one because chances are they're all full most of the time. So you've got to get what's given. You know, if it's yeah. one free, you've got to take it. Otherwise, yeah. you might be, uh, you know. Having to f*** your pants or something if you have to wait too long. Skills. But t- yeah, twice this week. And one, I proper needed a hazmat suit because that guy was a stinker. <laughs> airtight. Oh, yeah, the airtight would have been the man for that job. <laughs> Hostile Jeez. environment, yeah. yeah. And then maybe yeah. take charbroil in just to make sure everything was uh, was, was destroyed clean, yeah. afterwards, yeah. Jeez. Uh, Amazing. That's what's been... Uh, that's what's been uh, getting on my goat, grinding my gears this week. Uh, people who don't clean up after themselves. Oh, I- I can't stand that. Like, I, I seriously, I have to. I'm very. I'm a bit of a neat freak, OCD when it comes to tidiness. You know, everything. Like my, you know, there'll be times when it gets out of out of hand. But then, when I'm finished the project I'm working on, it's like you know, it, it is pristine because I just can't yeah. operate without with like clutter and crap everywhere. Especially in this case, actual human feces. Yeah, yeah. you get you get on well with my missus because she is a. She's. I think it's a bit OCD. She is a neat and. T- I'm not saying you've got OCD. You probably I have, do though. I have. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a neat and tidy person, and she doesn't like stuff. And I have a lot of stuff, uh, or you know what she calls crap, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm just a collector. Well, don't forget, I am as well. <laughs> I'm yeah. also. Yeah. Uh, how can I be? She, both? No, but she she considers a TV stuff that's unneeded. <laughs> like literally, she wants to live with just four bare walls, a chair, and that's it. She's a minimalist. So, She's a minimalist. She, she is a minimalist. Yeah, yes, yeah. She, yes. Anyway, uh, one one other quick uh, wreck that I want to catch up with before we uh, go to talk about some comics is someone told me, and I forget who it was, to check out a show called Barry. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's on. What do I watch it on? I watch it on Now TV. Okay. Because it's on uh, Sky Atlantic originally. I've just watched episode two of season one. It's like twenty five to 29 minutes which is right in my wheelhouse i don't like long tv shows i don't yeah. really watch series as a whole but it's kind of a uh, a dark comedy uh with bill hader who plays a hitman who wants to get out of the profession and get into acting that sounds amazing and it's definitely worth checking out it's not I love nothing him. i love it him would so not much. would not have been on my radar to check out i don't generally look for new tv shows but um this yeah i'm, I'm gonna go and watch a couple of episodes after we finish recording here it's uh, worth checking out barry Go and have a look. Awesome. I'll, I will definitely check that out because I love Bill Hader. I think he's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, cool. So are we getting into these f-ing comics? <laughs> oh, actually, one more thing I'd like to throw into the housekeeping arena. I kind of I found out recently that, you know how I thought Rumbler was a mistake and 
they were kept calling him Rumbler when it's Armadillo in the um, in that last issue we we reread. It yep. turns out in all of his appearances in the comics, he's called Rumbler because that was a working title for the figure. So Rumbler uh, was was one of the working titles. There were, there were a few others as well that he was he was going to be. They wanted to kind of you know they were throwing around as options for his name, and it must have been before they decided Bully on him being Armadillo, or it might even have been the case where they had decided on Armadillo, but the information they gave Larry and the, you know, obviously the artists and writers and the team at Marvel was obviously, you know, that working title of Rumbler. So he is Rumbler throughout the comics, and he's only in like six issues, I think. Because that makes sense, because when I was reading issue 81, he's on a a hillside, and up, there he is, and they call him Rumbler. Yet again, yep. As you say. Cool. So let's get stuck. Let's get stuck in. It's about that time that we need to talk about some Joe comics. Let's get stuck in. Issue 81. This issue is called Plots and Tracts. And cover, you've got, is that uh, Dodger? No. Yeah, yeah, it's Dodger. Dodger in the Marauder motorcycle tank. And Thrasher. On the Ferret ATV. Yep. And it tells you on the front cover, Battle Force 2000 versus Red Knox. Exclamation mark. Um, this one is obviously scripted by Larry Harmer. We've got Marshall Rogers on pencils, Randy Emblin and inks, Bob Shireen on colours and Rick Parker on letters. Something I must mention on the cover. Yep. This kind of happens in the comic, but we don't see it directly. But um, obviously the Dreadnoughts and Battle Force 2000 do come together on vehicles. Yep. But when I'm not sure if this particular scene, because it could have been out of shot because they do come away from that battle at one point so i'm not going to moan and say this isn't in the comic because it probably is it just isn't seen next (laughs) yeah yeah no that's 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 true that's true um this is kind of not a throwaway story yeah but not kind of i mean there's two it's kind of a follow-up to issue 79 which was the one where in in a small way the one where again the joe's tangled with the dreadnoughts and uh, buzzer hacked up uh, junkyard and yeah. Mutt's, you know still a bit hacked off himself so he, he kind of joins forces with battle force 2000 and they have another bit of a shakedown with the joes with the dreadnought sorry but the main you know the main sort of progressing plot point is the bit where a load of uh, cobra families come in on a ship and we see brocker beach for the first time there's a really interesting bit on this where we see a bunch of kind of Cobra troopers all in their like, they're wearing their gear but not all of their gear. And you've got Hydro Vipers, Eels, and then a Secto Viper without his gear on. And they and it kind of, it, it, took, it, takes, it took me a while to kind of say, is that a Secto Viper? Because it's got the, the colour schemes there, obviously. Is he the driver in the bug? Yes, Cobra Bug right, driver, okay. yeah. And uh, the it was the Hydro Vipers I was looking at and I was kind of thinking... They're definitely Hydro Vipers, but obviously someone's having a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of playing a bit of liberties with the colour with the, the colour scheme, because obviously they're, right. uh, the, in the, on the actual figure, they're sli- you know, slightly different colour. Uh, in fact, okay. the, the arm colour that they have should match their headgear, but um, I mean, that's just a very... And that's the that's purple, really is that, am I looking at the right shot here? There's a guy with binoculars. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that they were just a figure, they they weren't with a vehicle because no hydro not, vipers not, are on their own. I'm not familiar with them. Okay, cool. They're amazing. Cool. The hydro viper is one of the best action figures ever. In actual fact, if they come up again in in any of these we do, I'll I'll definitely do a talking toys with on on cool. them because they're one of my favourite ever Cobra action figures. Wow. Okay, I'm going to get my uh, 3D Joe's manual and check them out. <laughs> yeah. um, with, with just, I just want to stick with this while we're talking about it. Yeah. With this bit where this big cruise liner is coming in, 
it I felt like this was unless I've just completely forgotten about it already but where did these families come from Springfield and Springfield but that was back in issue 50 when yeah. they evacuated is that right am I yeah. am I got timelines wrong or they've been they've been 3 years sailing around <laughs> the seas well no, I'm not saying this happens everything happens in real time but yeah. how long do you propose because it's not like Larry they probably haven't dates. Been, I don't think they've been sailing they've probably been being moved to place to place if you know what I mean and now that they've got Broca Beach sorted it's it seems to me like they're just transporting them for the final time to Broca Beach so I'd imagine that the evacuation took place they went uh, somewhere else to kind of you know keep away from the authorities right. and then this is them finally getting to Broca Beach and this is just a, a Jersey Shore town that mm. Cobra has effectively bought up and is now pop, repopulating with, with Cobras. Yeah, so random, isn't it? But yeah, I, I, do, um, I do like some of the random things Larry does in his, uh, in his writing. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we, we should also mention, you know, obviously we're, we're introduced, not in a, in a sense, to the Battle Force 2000. And what we're getting here is obviously a real direct look at the characters and the vehicles that they are portrayed in on the vehicle card art, on the box art. Okay. So we get Dodger with the Marauder motorcycle tank. He doesn't come with that vehicle because he's obviously a single-carded, and he came in a two-pack as well with... um, Like, they did all the Battle Force 2000 or the first six in two-pack figures. They also did them single-carded. And the vehicles came just as vehicles boxed without without a figure. But Dodger is associated with the motorcycle tank, the Marauder. Knockdown is in the Skysweeper. And obviously, you know, again, that marries up with the card art. Avalanche is in the Dominator, which is the snow tank, which makes a lot of sense again. And Blocker is in the Eliminator. So you have all the vehicles and all of the Battle Action Force 2000 to that point because the next year we do get DJ and the Pulverizer for Battle Force 2000. And right. uh, so, I mean, they could have been married up if they'd have been uh, available at that time. And a little okay. a little side um, story, a little kind of side note here. When I was a kid, um, I went to the States on holiday, and I've mentioned this many, many times, probably on every episode we've ever had. But I went to the States with my mum and dad, and we went out to you know, the, the the toy store, I think I've mentioned it to you actually on this show as well, and it was just like a sea of figures in 80, this is 89, so I had, in my viewpoint, I saw DJ on card with a different digital background colour, the Battle Force 2000 logo, and I was thinking, oh, this is cool, and right. I picked that up, and I thought, oh, that's really neat, like a different subgroup and different kind of design on the card, this is pretty neat. Didn't obviously Battle Force two thousand. I couldn't see anything else of. There was none of the other free, uh, previous figures on shelves, even though they'd been out the year prior. They'd either been sold through or they'd you know shifted them or wh- whatever. So I saw DJ and I was like, yeah, I'll grab DJ. And when I got home, uh, we I think the that year or maybe yeah like eighty nine got the Battle Force two thousand standard uh, figures come through. So I bought all them and they didn't have the same card art like the same like battle force 2000 logo they just came on a standard joe card so then i had all these figures and then i realized holy this dj goes with these guys like he's one of this like sub team so like for me it was this weird kind of disconnect where i found dj first and then you know um started marrying it up with the battle force 2000 um anyway side note took far too long let's continue with the issue (laughs) (laughs) we've actually seen some of these guys before there was 
There was a little storyline where they're in Frusian land. Oh, yes, of course. And I think Battle Force 2000 are there without their vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think only Maverick in the Vector was had a vehicle, but of course, others, I think yeah, because obviously was... we've seen we've seen Maverick previously, haven't we? He wasn't mentioned obviously in this one because of his yeah. previous special mission that we read last week. Yes, correct. I mean, I'm when we when we're introduced more fully to these guys at the beginning of this episode, I'm just I'm just not a fan of them. You don't like them. I just no because I was I wasn't not, collecting you're, you're, the toys not, at this time. You're not on it your just own. There's a lot of just, people. There's a lot of people not my, who don't like just him. Just not yeah. my bag. I don't know. Just look at who's that dude with that stupid helmet. Is that Knockdown? Knockdown's got the. Well, I would also attribute that to some of the art in the book as well. Like, as some right. of it's really nice, and and there's some, again, it's like a bit hit and miss for me. And then when they do some of the the, I mean, the close up of Knockdown is rubbish. But then there's another panel of Knockdown, and it actually looks pretty cool when they're kind of just talking to Mutt on the uh, on the vehicles as they're leaving the Aberdeen training grounds in um, Maryland, I think it is. Yep. But yeah, I um, I I know I I totally agree. There was uh, th- it was an interesting design choice, definitely. But a lot a lot of people don't like it for that kind of departure from the standard military aesthetic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of name checking in the beginning, which is fairly standard of you yeah. know the roll call. Yeah. Even the roll call for the vehicles gets yeah. gets done, which I, I quite like. I quite chuckle at that. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I quite like. There's a nice little callback. I'll see if I can grab all the images. There was about three, I think, uh, in the early issues of Cobra Commander in like a shooting gallery. Yes, you, you know, you cut forward here to Buzzer. And he's in his own shooting gallery, knocking off the Joes. He's actually sawed a hawk in half, I think, with a machine gun somehow. <laughs> yeah, totally. And again, it's, I don't know, it's, it's quirky. Definitely, it's quirky. Yeah. But, and the, even the welcome to Brocker Beach sign on that page, Brocker Beach is kind of written in spray paint, mm. which is running down the sign. Yeah, it looks like the Dreadnoughts have made that sign. Looks yeah. like the Dreadnoughts, yeah. You know, the, you know there, there is some nice touches here. It's, I guess, you know, a, a toy tie-in issue, really, at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things I have issues with on this one, and there's some really like I don't know, not lazy, but kind of things you just I just wouldn't expect to happen. Like Mutt is a bit of a he's a bit of a d bagging. I know he's kind of like upset because Junkyard was injured by Buzzer, but there's a there's a moment where he kind of as they're talking to the cops at the checkpoint after the checkpoint they've just been saying or the toll booth sorry they've just yep. been saying that um the dreadnoughts have kind of gone through there and trashed the place and they're really you know annoyed and obviously will let you through he slams on the foot of blocker but is blocker the guy who looks like a dusty knockoff <laughs> yeah he's got that bit over the back of his head yeah yeah okay. Yeah, he's with blocker he basically slams on block who's in the eliminator they're both in the eliminator and he slams on the um on, on his foot to kind of like barge through the the checkpoint and break the 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 yep. toll booth things and everything and i'm like why would you do that they are they're already like letting you through they're not stopping yeah. you from getting through so it just it just i don't know and then they start firing on them even though they know that they're the joes and what they're doing and all that kind of stuff so i just found the whole thing really confusing that 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 element so now obviously it's a way for them to get the cops on their back and the dreadnoughts in in front of them but still it just felt a little bit i don't know yeah. like pointless i think blocker's my favorite of the uh, battle force 2000 he's actually got my favorite line in the whole issue where he is he's got uh, he says according to my infrared detector that flying dreadnought is heading for the coast at ultra high speeds <laughs> not just high speeds ultra, ultra high, high speed. speed in an air skiff i need to know what ultra high is how does that 
What's I want to know how that, that air skiff flies because I mean it looks hey, if you're going ultra high high speed in that then you won't have any skin left surely yeah we get another callback as well here I've just spotted a buzzer when there was two panels in issue 79 of reflections mm. I think it was uh, orders uh, mouth wasn't it reflecting in his, yeah. his glasses and then order jumping at him and here we get a reflection of one of the joe vehicles in his glasses yeah yeah and again yeah. like there's a there's a i mean oh well, dreadnoughts it's the it's the same as it was last time you've got um zorana obviously she's starts on the ferret with thrash and then she jumps onto zanzibar's air skiff when the joes are on their tail basically to get to the refugees i suppose from springfield yeah. and yeah. all of the you know getting them sorted out on brocker beach so it's um it, you know, obviously she switches vehicles in that that point. Obviously you've got Zanzibar on the air skiff, buzzer and torch on those kind of regular motorcycles. I'm going to call the the um, ground assault motorcycles, and Ripper and Monkey Wrench are on the Dreadnought cycle. So that's pretty much the whole team, and they have this big like vehicle battle. Which I I do like that one. Like you say, when Buzzer's reflect got his uh, glasses, the reflection. I do like that double page spread where they've got like the kind of symmetrical panel layouts and you have yep. to follow the arrows to kind of like see where to go next. I actually, I, I, I really like that from an art perspective and an action perspective. I think it looks really, really cool. But yeah, yeah it is a bit of a throwaway issue. There's not like a lot to it. And then obviously it, it, it ends in a, you know, Zorana manages to get everyone from the Cobra side kind of stored away um, in Brocker Beach they get that they they just about squeeze a maggot into that building, don't they? Before everyone kind of yep. comes rushing through, and then Battle Force Two Thousand are stopped by the cops, and they all get arrested. Now that and that's kind of basically where we finish on that, right? Yeah, you know, it's one of those ones where it kind of ends abruptly, and it's all a bit sort of ah ha ha, look what happened kind of scenario. Yeah, the art, like you say, there's some nice bits, but it's a bit up and down, and on the on the whole. For me, I'm probably going to yo-jo this a six. I'd actually go lower than that because I don't think I really. I, I I agree with you. I'm not a Battle Force 2000 hater. In actual fact, I, I like the concept and I always liked the figures and I thought it was like a cool. I I just like sub teams. I like kind of. I think that's where my OCD and like order comes from because it's like I want to kind of group these characters into like different groups and teams and specialties so you know like i like my medics all together and i like my you know tiger force all together and i like i just i you know that's i just me so battle force ticks those boxes for me however this issue is really like you know i I like i love the dread the drodnecks i love (laughs) the drodnecks but I feel like they're they're used in the oddest ways in the comics sometimes. I think they they'd be much better utilized in urban situations where they're just being, you know, uh, riotous, aggressive d bags. But they're always yep. used in like really like high end cobra missions and like yeah. you know war like the civil war. Why would you have the dreadnoughts anywhere near the cobra civil war like at all? It just doesn't make sense. Yep. Yes, have Zartan, Zorana, and Xandar because they can like lead groups of vipers and so on and so forth. But but dreadnoughts, no, they're just not for me. They're always utilized in the wrong way. But they're yeah. they're still interesting and they still have a place. I think the Action Force comics utilise the Dreadnoughts in a much better way than the GI Joe ones did. Controversial yes, good opinion. Good shout. No, good shout. What? What? what so you're going five for this then? I'll I'm take it. going four on this one. Four. Okay. Uh, and that's just so I've got some wiggle room for other issues as well as I, as I've kind of 
as I take stock of the entire run, I think okay. this is quite low in my in my real kind of enjoyment factor. Yeah. So okay. Four. Right, so uh, moving on to issue 82. Yeah, now uh, this is much better, I think. This is called Weeding Out, and you've got on the cover, you've got Repeater uh, laying down with some suppressing fire, and there's a viper sneaking up behind him about to uh, stab him in the back. like Mm. that cover a lot. I love it, yeah, really nice. Uh, Interiors, Larry Harmer, you've got pencils as a mix of Marshall Rogers does the first six pages, and then Don Hudson does the rest. Randy Emberlin's on inks, Bob Shireen's on colours, and Rick Parker is on letters. And this is your kind of full metal jacket, jacket-ish yeah. uh, training camp, weeding out the weak uh, recruits to get some new G.I. Joe members, and then, uh, unbeknownst to them, that they, they come under a real attack. It's not a simulation, and they kind of have to fend off who they think at the time are vipers. What I really liked about the the whole training mission part of it, you know, the whole, like, you know, they're in, like, basic training for the Joes, is they all wear T-shirts with their names kind of on them, yes. their, their yes. code names. And for one, I just love the fact that the, the G.I. Joe budget covers, like, some really awesome custom uniforms and, and like, merchandise. Like, I've, straight away, I just love the fact they can get yep. their shirts printed so easily. They've probably just gotten spray-painted on, like, white, you know, yeah. shirts or whatever. There's some guys here. You've got Blister. Mm, funky. Uh, you got Bad News, Funky. No Show. Uh, Desperado, <laughs> I'm seeing. Yeah. Jody is another one. Is it? Oh, man. Ice Pick. Yeah, Ice Pick was one, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's not an actual Joe, though, is he? No, no. No. So we've just got Lightfoot, Budo, and... Repeater. Repeater, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so these... Um, Again, these are three figures that came out around the same that came out the same time, and they're just being introduced into the Joes. What's interesting is this basically talks about how they're going through basic training. We've already seen Lightfoot in a special missions issue, which we'll come to later. Ah, uh, yes, because they mention in here they say you've already washed out. No, not washed out. You've already done this training before, you know. And he says something like, "Oh yeah, I got put onto a mission. I got injured, so you got to come back and do it all over again." And I was thinking. Okay, is that just a reference to something that has happened or not? And then, of course, when we read the special missions later, it was like, oh, yes, yes, that's where I remember him from. That's really cool. And, like, again, Lightfoot was a big favourite of mine. I loved how insane his design was. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm doing Night Force Lightfoot, of course, for that cosplay. But, um, yeah, and again, like, the training's quite... I mean, th- th- is it me or is this the most brutal Duke has ever been? Like ever, yes, he's he's pretty. He's putting them through their paces. He's like, right, start push-ups. I'm going in for some food. You better still be doing them when I come out. And when he comes out, they're on like 250 push-ups. Crazy. And then they're having to run and fight. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of this issue. Shh. Like this is a direct quote of his: weak, spoiled, sissy, unmotivated, underachieving, whining, crybaby, ex GI Joe trainee washout. Zap, remove this worthless loser from our roster and cut him some orders to the nastiest place you can think of, Thule, Greenland, or Fez, Morocco. I'm like, bloody hell, Duke. Like, where did that come from? Chill out a bit. So, I mean, you're not a fan of this one. No, I don't really like any of these characters. Um, I don't particularly like the art from Hudson, Mm. uh, I think. I don't know. Again, I you know didn't have any of these figures, so I've got no reference point for the the action figures, and just these guys popping up in the comic just seemed you know it, I, it seems strange saying silly because the whole book from issue one has been silly. <laughs> yeah. But just seeing a guy with a samurai sword. Yeah. And a and a samurai helmet was just like no. 
get him out of my book. What it does scream to me is a little bit of a kind of crowbar into like you know into a, a story how do we get all these how do we get Budo, who's a samurai lightfoot who's an explosive ordnance disposal expert and repeater who's basically this uh, steady cam gun operator how do yeah. we get them to you know in the same issue all together at the same time and i mean that it's it, it is a difficult premise to actually try and work out how those three work together but at the same time i agree with you i think it does strike as a little bit kind of pointless haphazard odd and one of the one of the craziest most ridiculous things in the whole issue uh, which i actually i enjoyed reading this is definitely not a cra- i don't think it's crap i just think it's there's a lot of suspension of disbelief things like when lightfoot pulls the guy's uniform or like rips his front of his right. uniform off of a viper uniform and he's wearing an yeah. iron grenadier's uniform underneath why on <laughs> yeah. earth would even if you what's the point of that like there's no point I mean, they would just be bulkier, hotter, more uncomfortable. Why don't you just wear the Viper uniform? Like, it just makes no sense that you would have yeah. that underneath your costume, just to give the game away as to what they were. You I know? mean, I, I guess a better way to do it would maybe there could be some Iron Grenadier uniforms in the back of the truck or whatever, Yeah, and yeah. he stumbles across them, you know, rather yeah. than them wearing, like you say, underneath. That or like a patch or something is shown or something that isn't as obvious as that. Yeah. For those who aren't reading along, by the way, this this actually happens. They get woken up and, you know, they think they've passed. Well, they have passed because they've the last three left. They've been given a hot meal and uh, uh, sleep till noon. Wow. And then they get woken in the middle of the night. Uh, it's an attack. It's an actual attack, not a simulation. Cobras are trying to steal some stuff. I don't know what it is. Electronic parts, I think, is normally a, a standard uh, thing that people <laughs> and want to steal in GI Joe's Joe aircraft information, don't yeah. they? <laughs> and uh, it's a load of Vipers. And as the Vipers escape, like you say, Lightfoot tears one of their uniforms. He's got strong hands and mm. strong fingers because he tears that uniform. And underneath, the guy is wearing uh, an Iron Grenadier uniform. So it was obviously a Destro plot. They even uh, say at the end, it doesn't matter who it was. Yeah, I reckon it does. Yeah, but like they, I reckon it they, does. But. but it's it's funny that they're like it doesn't matter who it was who if it was Destro or Cobra, and it's like then why have that happen? Like you know, but I suppose we'll find out later on. I suppose I I just love those particular figures. Like Repeater's amazing, like an amazing yeah. figure, and his modern figure is just glorious. Lightfoot never got a modern version, but I've always been a massive fan of his figure because it's just so quirky and crazy and oddball. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually mind the look of Lightfoot too much because it reminds me a little bit of Airtight, mm. who I am a big fan of. Um, not, I'm not actually Repeater. Just looks like a standard, you know, muscle jock with Ranger. a big gun to me. Not yeah. for me. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, overall, this is this is the kind of the definition of a of a one and done because there's no overarching plot points that carry over. I don't think. Well, I suppose that Destro thing does that come back at all? No, I can't remember off the top of my head. But we'll. No, I'm I sure can't. we'll. Let's let's keep everyone spoiler free and find out <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. What 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 are you yo Joe in this one? I'm going to give this one a six, and that's right. based on the fact that I did enjoy it, and I do enjoy these these types of stories, even though. But obviously, there's a lot of things about it that do make it very. I don't know, like a bit hokey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm also going to give it a six because even though I'm saying I didn't really like it, it's a GI Joe comic, which means there's always going to be some form of love from me towards it. And when I look at my every Joe story ever, which we will update um, in the coming week, 
uh, my rankings. I've ranked 51 G.I. Joe stories on this list, and I only have four of them are below a six. Right. So for me to give this less than a six, I'm saying it's one of the worst four stories of all time. Yeah. So far, from what I've read. And I don't think it is. I'm just giving myself a bigger range, I think, to work in. You know, sensible. Sensible. Oh, and something else I've got to mention. Go on. We don't see Lightfoot's robot. Like, the whole point of him is to have that little cute robot drone thing on, on treads, and you never see that. Again, I have no idea what you're talking about, but fortunately, you're going to explain <laughs> to me later in the show. Yes, I will. Okay. Next. <laughs> uh, next. Uh, looking at special missions number 13, it's called Washout. Uh, on the cover, you have Dusty, and in the background, you've got a couple of... Uh, I can see out back between his legs and the other Sexy. two, at first glance, you could be easy easy enough to say, I don't know who those two are. Lightfoot's like trouser stripes and that Yeah, is that piece. easily recognisable as Lightfoot, would you say? For me it is, yeah, but okay, I, I, I don't you think a layman. And I was, obviously at the time, you'd probably be looking at like, who the f*** are they? Yeah, because these, I guess these are first-time introductions for both these two characters uh, in, the, in the background. Yes. Uh, well, no, I suppose the figure was out, but... But again, if you weren't buying the toys, I don't know. That'd be a good, good kind of thing to try and take stock of. How many people at this time were either just buying the figures, just reading the comic, or doing both? Mm. I think a lot of the US viewers were probably doing both. And for us, it was a case of getting Action Force comics, unless you were had some sort of GI Joe source to actually get the american comics as a kid you know but still getting the still getting the the toys i guess yeah as well. yeah so i think i think kind of culturally there would be a big difference in how we consumed these products uh, so something we do have to mention that is quite clear on and I'm, I'm i'm sure you guys have probably discussed it as well but the one of the main artists on the original american real american hero line ron rudat his name is hidden in dusty's file name isn't it and Dusty, who is uh, Ronald Tador or Tadur, ah, um, that okay. is rude at backwards. So obviously, I was that, just going to was... say I, on the front cover it has T A D U R, and I, I've yeah. got no idea what that was a reference to. But there you go. Yeah, that's his surname. So and and it, and and if he was going undercover, that's no good because a it's got his surname, and on the other <laughs> side, just above his pocket, it says Joe. Joe. <laughs> An American flag. I mean, everything you need, uh, he's got on him. Um, was it name, rank, name, rank, serial, serial number, blood type, and religion? I think that actually comes into this issue because one of them, it might even be Lightfoot, references GI Joe, and the bad guy goes, "Ah, you're GI Joe, are you?" And I was thinking, well, you can just look at Dusty's <laughs> outfit, and it'll tell you that for a start. But um, uh, this is—I I quite like this issue. I yeah, think it's this a good is, one. This is special missions ranked quite highly on my list anyway. Yeah, this will be this will be up there definitely. It's a good one. Joes are in uh, where are they? They're in a desert. Trucial Abysmia. Yes, which if you didn't know is on the east coast of North Africa. Yeah, it's a this um, is a big country in the GI Joe world yes, now. It's yes. Made up country. As as we find out kind of midway through, what's happened is the the president or leader of, of this little nation has some bad teeth. So the Joes have been able to get him some private dental care. And for that, he's allowed them to have some bases dotted around the nation. Yeah. They've now been captured because they're some revolutionaries, as there always is. And they want to find the location of, of one specific base that hasn't been evacuated or the, 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 spe- the special documents. I think it's, again, electronic parts, possibly. It is, yeah, um, yeah. For, air- for aircraft, maybe. Classic. 
or this base anyway hasn't been evacuated or, or you know all the documents haven't been removed so these revolutionaries are trying to find it they captured some joes what are the joes actually doing there do we ever find that out or not or is that not really relevant their mission is to blow up the uh to oh yes, the of course. Cachet. Their mission, yes, is to blow up this final cachet so the bad guys can't get hold of it, of course. And uh, we're introduced to uh, Lightfoot, uh, who we've already seen, but this is where he his first appearance in the comic and where he obtains his injury that he references in the Real American Hero issue. And we also see Mangala, mm. uh, who we never see again. And there's a because, reason for that. yeah, well, well, we'll get to that. We're also introduced to two enemy characters as well the, the abysmal army i love yep. that uh so you've got the military commander of the unit which is captain yusuf and you've got the uh and you've got aman who is like this just political scumbag absolute douchebag they capture outback dusty mangler and lightfoot by sniping out the tires um and that's the that's captain yusuf's order even though um aman is like saying you know to just kill them or whatever or not kill them maybe he was he was going to do something else and he and this guy was like no let's do this instead and they have an argument anyway the captain is right as always in this yep the then aman goes on to frigging torture lightfoot and and that's like you know obviously against the geneva convention and again the captain has a problem with it and aman is like basically telling him this is national security and f off so lightfoot gives up all the information after a long period of torture which let's face it everyone has a breaking point that's what the point is in this i think that larry was making as well mangler is determined to be against lightfoot for giving up this information i think they say he was beaten on for six hours i know it was a long period of time that he's he's tortured for and Dusty even tells Mangler to just cut it out and even like knees him in the stomach to shut him up. Oh, then they get the electrode. They get the uh, electrodes out, don't they? And zap yeah, him yeah. with some. Uh, like they, he, then they don't go easy on him. No. So he, he gives up the information and cannot walk at this stage because he's been beaten so hard. And then Aman tells the captain to dispose of them because obviously he doesn't want any witnesses to this. Lightfoot tries to plead with him to say, just, just kill me and let the others go because he's very heroic and and i love lightfoot <laughs> yeah and then the captain eventually can't do it and throws them a canteen and drives off and says look you can go this direction or this direction one direction will take you to safety the other direction will take you to the cachet so it's up to you but here's your yeah. water canteen you're you're probably going to die if you don't you know get to safety and then at that point the joe's kick into gear and lightfoot says no i'm 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 willing to still blow this place up if you're willing to get me there and so mangler carries him the whole way and the three the four of them hot foot it or the three of them hot foot it across the desert in what must be hideous conditions at well at night and then have to lay lay low for the uh for the day yeah yeah i mean it's it's a story about you know teamwork and not giving up and you know trust your brothers in arms and you know don't judge a man till you've walked in his shoes kind mm, of situation totally totally the i must mention here um art, art by herb trimpe who's does pretty much all these special missions brilliant inks is andy mazinski letters phil felix and colors nel yomtov and this art actually looks a little bit different from previous herb trimpe art which and herb's kind of got that kind of straight line style yes slightly scratchyish or kind of not static but kind of deliberate style and this is a bit more feels a bit more rounded and yeah i don't know it's it's just feels different 
and not different in a good or bad way just kind of different to what mm. i'm used to from him the, the, what i lo- he always does like the kind of little i suppose like wobble lines for when people yes. are kind of running or moving i've always found that quite funny when that's utilized because it really does show quite of you know it really does in your mind make you think that it's moving as you're reading it so it's yeah, always been yeah. like a good technique that that he employs loads i'm a big fan of dusty all his appearances are like dusty and here he's he's kind of scrounging up food for him he gets some, know, some lizards yeah. at one point then he gets some some something what's that i don't know what that is some moving bug or whatever oh, i don't uh, know like desert rats Ma- or something aren't they Mahangler goes they're alive oh yeah yeah they are yeah yeah and uh outback, outback. Like, you're complaining about a hot meal just bite their little heads off and spit out the crunchy parts. He is like awesome as well, Outback. I think Outback and Dusty make a pretty solid kind of yes. team in these situations. If I've... you were stuck in the desert, needing mm. to get out, there's there your two boys you'd call on immediately. Both of them, yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, something else I really like about this is obviously they get to the cache, they sneak in, and that's where Lightfoot shows his kind of technical exp- expertise in in explosives. Yeah, and I like that bit a lot. That bit about the classified information, like they're not going to show you how to build a bomb, but Larry's definitely going to tell you how to do it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, funny. So cool. there's big classified information sticker over three panels. But uh, again, like it's great to see these specialists doing what they do best. And yeah. and he certainly yeah. does a really good job of blowing that cachet up. Yeah, and I thought that was, you know, I really like the script and the dialogue throughout. I thought the, the interaction between the characters, the Joe team themselves, and also them and... The, the, the double-headed enemy if you will you know the 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 moralistic bad guy which was um is that us uh a man no that's Yusef, isn't captain it? captain Yusef, yeah captain Yusef, who might be on the opposition side but he knows what's right and wrong yeah he's honorable and then the, the scumbag a man and you know i like that dynamic as well all works really well the only bit that i was a bit kind of yeah the bit where they're getting away the joes but the the bad guys are on them so mangler decides to jump off the back and kind of sacrifice himself and i'm not against you know his sacrifice so the others could get away it's just it's the line he delivers where <laughs> a 19 says, year old american with a machine gun that one yeah yeah well he says what's that and uh, the bad guys going, what's that and he goes it's your worst nightmare come to life a 19-year-old American with a machine gun. I reckon there's more worse nightmares to have than that. But um, <laughs> then he does a full-on shooting from the hip. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically causes these enemy vehicles to crash and the Joes get away. It's very patriotic, that part, isn't it? And then, yeah, and then obviously gets crushed under the vehicles and dies. And Yes. Uh, and the, the one the whole thing's running through it is that this, you know, this douchebag political guy, a man, he's basically saying that you know heads will roll over this and the and captain yusuf says correction they will have your head over this yeah yeah (laughs) i'm too stupid and incompetent to take any of the responsibility for this fiasco so uh, you know he gets out of it or you know so we uh assume and the 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 joes are left discussing mangler and how outback was gonna file a a a very bad well you know wash him out basically and say he wasn't gonna he he basically does a drill i'm a big big judge dread fan you know he's probably my my favorite uh, comic character of all time and he kind of goes a bit joe dread here because he's like it's almost like they have this thing in judge dread where they have it the hot dog run which is for rookies rookie Mm. judges who wear the white helmets um you know before they get their full badge their full double eagle they have to go out and do this hot dog run with a senior judge who basically assesses them over the, the how many days yeah and most of the time that you know you're on a hot dog run with dread he's going to fail every single one he pick you up on the tiniest little things and outback's kind of gone yep he was going to wash him out you know i was going to not give him but then 
you know, filed a negative report, but he says, ah, what, what, what the hell, let's give him a, you know, posthumous mm. um, medal or whatever, which is, again, Dred's kind of done that exact same thing, you know, shown a bit of a human side. So, you know, for, for me, that was kind of a, a small uh, sort of parallel to my other favourite comic. But um, yeah, over, overall, uh, really enjoyed this issue. Big time. It's a beauty. What's your Yojo Cola? I'm going to give it a nine because it's Wowzers. Got, I know, because it's got characters I really enjoy. It's got a plot that kind of works. It's not too, you know, it's not too much. It's not too little. It's kind of like just right in there, you know, like I I, I really like the action, uh, the characterization. Like you say, there's that one little, that one kind of corny line that is delivered by Mangler, but it's it's cool that he goes out as a hero to to sacrifice after he, you know you've kind of hated him a little bit for being a douche earlier on so like there's a lot of like there's redeem there's redemption there's yep. um you know this victory in it still and all of our kind of named joes kind of get out with their with their lives yeah so i'm i'm going to give it a, a high one okay i'm just looking at what my what my highest special missions ranking so far is and it's actually issue 1 of special missions which i gave an 8 and then I also gave issue eight an eight. Um, and I gave issue, the preview from Real American Hero 50, I gave an eight. So cool. I think I would rather read any of those ahead of this one. Okay. But that doesn't mean I am not going to give it uh, a good score. I think I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give this one a low eight. Nice. So let's pop that I think it there. deserves it. I think it's a, and also to, for it to be a standalone issue, to get to the end and you're, and you're not kind of, you know, you're satisfied with what happened as well as a good, I mean, it's yep. got everything in it and I, I, I quite, yeah, I think it, it's deserved of its uh, high marks. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Go for it. Right. We're moving on to issue 14 and this is uh, an error. The chief dropped the ball uh, because... <laughs> Issue 14 of Special Missions is actually part one of a two-parter. So what we should have done is... We're just going to leave you in the lurch. Yeah, we we should have advised listeners that we were going to do 14 and 15. So we're not going to actually cover 15 today because that would do a disservice to those people who haven't read it. So we'll do 14 today. Then we'll pick up 15 at the start of next week. And then we'll yo-jo this two-parter as a whole. Cool. Although I have to say, I dropped the ball. You didn't pick up on it either. I didn't, no. Uh, mainly, <laughs> mainly because I've got so much going on that I uh, I tend to just go, yep, yep, yep. Forgiven, <laughs> forgiven. <laughs> no, you're right, though. I, I think what might be a good idea for us uh, and this is i'll take this off well uh, we can keep it in but what i think might be a good idea going forward is just to make a quick plan of yes. all the issues ahead just maybe yes. up until like you know a certain number and then do the same again just so we know that we're not missing any two parters but Makes even sense. so it's nice to have a little kind of cliffhanger for people yeah, for the next yeah. issue next episode yep so this one is called in from the cold You've got, uh, as always, Larry Harmer scripting, Herb Trimpe pencils, Andy Mazisky inks, Phil Felix letters, and Noel Yomtov is on colours. So same crew as last time. And this one, the cover, uh, what, what are you saying about this? Dynamic, impressive. Um, what I've noticed about a lot of the covers on, on all the G.I. Joe comics is that they, they kind of skimp on the backgrounds a little bit sometimes. And they've, yep. done a, they've done it again here, but at least you've got some sort of black and white cross hatching in the in the background and then obviously the snow is really cool but then obviously the charge the the cavalry charge with snake eyes with a sword above his head yep. and scarlet with a bayonet rifle and the rest of the on all the kind of like bandits around them so yeah i think it's it's a very dynamic very impressive cover totally scarlet doesn't actually get much page time though inside the interiors does she no and they've both and they're actually not wearing well, snake those eyes doesn't really either no, no. 
but they're not actually wearing those clothes in at that point in the story either they should be had they should have their winter gear on for the cover but i guess a lot of that is down to we want it to be recognizable we want kids to see oh hey look snake eyes is in this one oh scarlet's in this one so you know i suppose that's why they do it so very brief synopsis here joes are on a mission with the cia agent anderson who was last seen back in possibly issue eight of special missions yep and he's a bit of a bit of a scumbag i don't know why he's still on staff if you will <laughs> but anyway they've, they've been sent in to this hidden area uh in china uh chomo lungma do you want to hear some uh cool trivia about chomo lungma i do yes so chomo lungma is actually what the people of tibet call mount everest and it's obviously it's one word usually chomo lungma Oh. Uh, and it means goddess mother of mountains and i'm guessing uh, larry thought that would be a cool if they if you chop that word in half mate to make it like a fake kind of place uh for the gi joe team to go to and obviously we named um everest after sir george everest the surveyor who charted the majority of india so there you go there's your there you info go. burst yeah as always my ignorance knew none of that so thank you for that <laughs> sir um they're, yeah, they're, these guys have. Why are they going there? They're going to try and capture or, or bring back a rogue CIA agent. And this is the bit I don't get. He went rogue like 20 years ago. Mm. So why are they sending him in now? Something to do with the new relationship they have with China. Oh, yes, you're right. You are right, yes. Because of that relationship, it means that there's this issue that chi- the Chinese are having with this particular individual he's kind of like. They're, they're, I think they're like. He, what he's saying is that the people have been kind of ruled badly they've been separated from families the the, the countries or the area is in turmoil and he couldn't leave the people behind what on his last mission 20 years ago so he stayed there and he kind of cultivated this weird fake persona that scares the people and then him and his bandits kind of do these little kind of runs into Chomalungma to disrupt the uh i suppose they're the um the arm the, the the kind of main federation army there yep. basically yep that makes sense yeah and uh who's on board who's who we got here we got iceberg we've mm-hmm. got uh chuckles yep snake, uh, got eyes, snake scarlet. eyes scarlet and i think that's it and then anderson. agent anderson yeah mr yeah. anderson mr anderson <laughs> <laughs> that's going in that's going to be yeah. an audio clip right there <laughs> um <laughs> what yeah what what so I think the the uh, again Trimpe his art is looking a bit more sort of rounded, which I you know I, I've got more to grips with now from the last issue. The 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 bad guy here is uh, I forget what his name is. He's Colonel Peng. There you go, Colonel Peng of the Chinese Protectorate, I think. And they don't know about this hidden valley, or they know that there's a hidden valley in the Himalayas, but they they're not aware that there's a whole village, uh, a population that's actually. Um, you know, living their lives out there. Uh, which is called the Legendary Valley of Eternal Mist. That's it. How could they not know that was there? I love the fact that when they get through that last... on They're on the plane and they get through that last kind of peak to actually come into the valley. There's a fat guy on a peak waving at them. <laughs> naked as well. He's only wearing like a loincloth, yeah. I think yeah. they say. He turns out to be a monk. I mean, this one... I don't mind this one. Is It, it feels a little bit too much like it's channeling a lot of kind of fantasy kind of you know this hidden valley the eternal mm. mist and all that it it just feels a little bit off kilter to me yeah also you've got you've, you've got a small joe footprint on this one as well like a smaller team that don't really get involved that directly like i mean iceberg flies them in obviously 
but yep. it's this is the whole thing is really about Anderson him it's really about Anderson Esterhazy and then you know the Chinese are or the protectorate so yep. it, this, there's not really I mean you this could be a story this could be a general story you don't even have to have G.I. Joe involved in it no no they're really caught in, in the middle and they're having to get involved in a in a counter attack they they have to get involved in that but for the most part that and scarlet still thinks they're on a rescue mission or a mission to uh, collect him and take him back yeah and then esther hazy kind of at the end says you don't think i don't know that the cia agent here is going to be the gunman that kills me yep. like he's fully aware that they, they want to take him out and then that's when all the guns get turned on the joes right in the last panel yeah i mean there's some nice action stuff here with the with the red smoke comes out and the guys with the mortars and the rpgs you know snake eyes on the back of a horse is a pretty cool pretty cool image yeah so you know it's kind of setting as i was getting towards the end of the issue i was thinking i'm not sure this can all wrap up in two pages yeah and then obviously it didn't so uh that's where (laughs) issue 15 comes in annoyingly i actually knew this was a two-parter i just didn't realize it was issue 14 ah i think I mean, I have read all these before, but it's been a long time. I think, though, issue 18 and 19, aren't they also part of this or not? They do. Are they um, There is a return to this, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. I think there is a return to this. Maybe it's maybe it's a standalone, though. 18, oh, it's called Extraction, and I'm looking at Chuckles and Iceberg and Scarlet and Snake Eyes in a boat. So maybe this is almost their return journey from Chomo Lungma. But we'll read ahead. And uh, we'll let the listeners know. I think we. I think we. I think we're good to. Uh, to I don't think to... the listeners mind. <laughs> or do yeah. they? No, have they, I'm have they told at, you. I'm thinking special missions 15 is is fine to end this as a two issue arc. So that's fine. We're not going to yo jo this one because we'll we'll wait for next week. But I think you know it's it's solid enough that I, I'm looking forward to the second part. Solid as a rock. There you go. That's why I don't do karaoke. Oh, that's going to have some effect on it, and it's also going to have the original song in the background. Um. Uh, it's about that time, though, that uh, uh, Chris talks toys. Chris talks toys. Dun, dun, dun. I'm making up. I think I change it every single week. There's a different kind of style of intro for this. Yes, and this week I are mostly eating. Sorry, this week I have been mostly wanting to talk about Lightfoot who is one of the quirkier characters in the G.I.J. universe and has definitely got his detractors because I think, again, it's a departure from your standard military stylings and maybe a little bit closer to Battle Force 2000 that some might, you know, that a lot of people would really uh, would want. But And obviously his colour scheme is nuts as well. So the original figure that came out, the one that we've had on two of the issues this week, he ends up with this amazing helmet in blue with red eye kind of like pieces that's removable for the figure as well he's wearing an all yellow kind of top and bottoms i don't think it's a onesie because it does look like he's wearing a belt with his pants as well so but they're the same yellow the top and the bottom he's got these um what i'm guessing uh has something to do with his explosive ordnance disposal training on his biceps he's kind of like clips black clips around the, his biceps really tall black gloves uh this chest piece a black chess piece with three grenades on a green element of that chess piece at the top, uh, which is very dangerous, if you ask me. And then these on on his pants, he's got these kind of black horizontal striping 
running all the way down, like partial striping running down the sides, and then these black boots with these crazy like elements to the boots as well, like the kind of little grenades or something. It's it's hilarious. So anyway, he comes with the most amazing gear as well. So not only does he have that amazing blue helmet, way hey, but he also has the with two antennae sticking out the back as well. But with this amazing backpack too, which two of the elements of the backpack protrude over his shoulders. And on the back of the backpack, there is a uh, like a holographic lithograph type um, sticker, which has components in red, holographic components in red to make it look like, you know, you can kind of see inside the uh, in the backpack. He also comes with this. It's a mind detector unit, but you know, it's kind of like his remote. What I thought, well, actually, I thought it was a remote for his robot. It actually turns out to be a mind detector unit. And it's kind of like this kind of handlebar setup with a big claw sticking on the fr- on the front of it. So I'm guessing he just detects mines using it. It's just a fancy, you know, blooming metal detector. So he, and Sorry that, to cut you off. I'm just going to yeah. ask you a question because I'm dying to know. Was he a uh, an upgrade or re- replacement figure as we saw kind of li- like Lifeline kind of replacing Oh, yeah, Doc totally, for Tripwire. Yeah, Tripwire. Tripwire. Oh, of course, of course, yes. He was definitely an upgrade of Tripwire, just like Downtown was an upgrade of Short Fuse and Heavy Duty and uh, kind of like the new version of Roadblock and all that kind of stuff. I, I think they would have been... They probably would have been designed, uh, or actually, I know, I know that Lightfoot was actually designed by a, a guy called Tom Rank. He drew the original design drawings, which are amazing. I would share them, but I'm not sure if Tom wants them out there all the time, like in that sense. That's cool. Um, but I mean, if he does, I mean, I, he has posted them on on our page on on our Facebook page. So I'll just, you know, I'll I'll direct everyone to to that. Uh, but basically, he did the original kind of design drawings, and they're amazing, of Lightfoot. He also did Hit and Run and a couple of others, I think Toxo Viper and some others. And when I say design, he was like the concept artist, not the not the actual design drawing or the... Uh, yeah. It, it, it would have been like early, early concept, like the first in, first uh, first pass concept stuff. And so Lightfoot was amazing. So as I was saying, the Mind Detector Unit remote thing with two handle grips... That clips to the backpack as well, and it covers that lithograph. It also comes with a hose, it's called, but it's actually like a the cable that goes from the one the top right hand shoulder of the backpack protrusion, and then goes to the mind detector unit in his hands. So it kind of links the two together, and then obviously you can put it on the backpack, and the hose still stays on it. Then you've got the robot, which is just a marvel, in my opinion, of cool design. And this little guy is brilliant. It's on like a tank tread, trapezium-shaped tank tread. It's then got another lithograph hologram on the sticker on the front, but this is silver and black. So again, you can see the components. It's different to the sticker on the backpack, but again, it's showing you the components inside. And it's got this little antenna on top and then loads of little quirky detailing all over it. And it's just really, really cool. The artwork on the card was just fantastic. Like, it's just, you know, even on, on the G.I. Joe card, it was gorgeous. And then we had, uh, we got him released on G.I. Joe, the Action Force card, um, which, again, is just beautiful. And he's there kind of like, you know, he's pointing what I thought was the remote at the droid. And yep. what I also noticed is on the actual artwork, the droid is facing the wrong way. So, or in on the art, it's facing the way I thought the back of the droid if you know what I mean, I th- I thought it was the other way yeah, around. Yeah. I thought yeah. the components would be facing wherever it was going, but it appears on the card art that that was not the case. 
Now, the other thing is there's a lot of little details in that card art as well that kind of are, are quite quite cool that that do stand out and look like it might not you know it, they might have designed it a slightly different way than it came out in the toy but again it's just so cool hardly any changes in terms of the card um variations that we had in the uk his name is Corey r owens and he's from wichita in kansas he's demolitions and artillery coordinator is his secondary so and it says and i'll read out his card on that we got in the uk 50% of any military manual on explosives consists of mathematical tables for calculating amounts of explosives needed, safe firing distances, power requirements for firing circuits, and formulas for cutting structural steel, timber, and breaching various forms of bunker material. Lightfoot has memorised all of them, as well as all the conversion tables for foreign and non-military explosives. He's not taking any chances. And then the quote is, Lightfoot has elevated being careful to an art form. You might say he's a zen fuss budget. His eyes sweep the ground before him in measured quadrants, alert for tripwires, signs of digging and out-of-place vegetation. He sniffs the air for that smell of dead rubber. Lightfoot may take twice as long to clear an area, but at least you won't get any nasty surprises. And I've always, you know, I've always really dug his um, his kind of card art. I, I thought it was really, really, really cool. Uh, and I think the US one is pretty much word for word exactly the same. Cool, cool. There you go, Lightfoot. So yeah, Lightfoot. Um, and I did not know most of that stuff. So cool. He's probably gone up in my estimation. Do you, thanks to you, sir. Oh, no worries. Oh, I should also say he was brought out in the Night Force as well. That was his uh, second version of the figure. Okay. And that is a and that's they just basically made all of his equipment black uh and his gear is a brown instead of yellow. Uh all the black pieces and green pieces are still the same. So it's just basically they just made, made him brown. Good stuff. Um we I shall look forward to uh, your toy talking segment next week as you continue to educate me. What uh, could it be? But <laughs> But around this time, uh, we need to uh, have a segment we call Chief Bass Chris a question. Chief Bass Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Bass Chris a question? So uh, we, there was a brief bit of chat at the beginning about cosplay in the UK. Yes. The, to the conventions I've been to, uh, mainly uh, MCM in London and uh, I guess MCMs at Brighton and Birmingham. Uh, uh, Manchester and Birmingham, sorry, which I yes. haven't been to, but they're the main ones where you get your cosplayers. I have never seen a GI Joe cosplay really at, at any UK convention. I've uh, seen your loads. wife, your wife, and yourself aside, what's the best GI Joe cosplay you've seen? That's a, a bloody good question, and I have to say, there's a few out there that just blew my mind. One of them is a Road Pig cosplay, which I forget the guy's name. I apologise if you are listening. He's with the Finest, which is a, a cos- cosplay group in the United States. Well, global actually now. But they, yeah, the guy who does a road pig one, and it's just unreal. And like you said, apart from my wife, who I just think does some of the most ingenious cosplays, you know, her, the, her attention to detail, the quality that she kind of puts into everything is just unreal. I've only done one, and that's that's the Tiger Force Hit and Run. And it was really just because... I love the character and we were doing Assembly Required in Iowa and that was a Tiger Force theme 
and I just thought it would be funny to do and Kate obviously has the Tiger Force Outback one so it was like a funny one to do but that road pig for me is that this guy does is just unreal again apologies for not knowing your your name I will I'll try and rectify that and I'll send Chief I'll send you an image with Andy's name so you can post that on the Twitter account excellent after the fact um there's a couple of others actually there's a Zartan that was done not long ago which was amazing and uh, one of my other favourites was oh, there's, there's there's too many. Um, we'll just have to move on. <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool. Uh, any other that come to mind? Non GI Joe cosplays that have. I, I tell you what, I always see at these ones. I always see some dude in like a Warhammer 40k. Oh, that uh, they blow up, my mind. They blow like, my mind. They're like it's like eight foot tall yeah. space marine blood angel arm. Oh my goodness! I saw Incredible a blood. Stuff. I saw a blood angel uh, at one show. I've even I've, I think it's on my Instagram years ago at MCM. And oh my goodness, he was walking through the the main hall in you know in the main hall in the XL, and it was just unreal on stilts as well like so and yeah. like, like he's raised up so he's having to lug so m- i mean that must be the heaviest gear to lug around yeah. and it, it just had everything it had sounds it had lighting it had it was just beautiful i'm looking i, th- I think the next con for me to go to as a punter is going to be probably thought bubble in september in leeds cool. so cool. i shall look out for some stuff there but next week listeners come back and please do your homework read well you don't have to you know if you want to read along you can but you, it's no it's not mandatory we're not we're not checking up on you or anything how do we check up on them chris i'm not sure um anyway come back and read special missions number 15 for the closing part of this two-parter and then read real american hero 83 84 and 85 what we'll be covering next week you can find us in all the usual places talking underscore joe on twitter talking joe comics instagram talking joe comics at gmail.com and talking joe a gi joe podcast on facebook and we'll give some shout outs next week i wanted to give some shout outs this week but i've left my pad with the people i wanted to shout out to uh, downstairs not in the loft so i will give the shout outs next week and also we're going to, be, going to be doing an awards show next week, which might even be news to Chris. So we'll be, we'll, we'll be covering, uh, I think it's G.I. Joe issues, possibly 54 to 81, something like that. Uh, I'll give him the numbers offline. It's basically a two-year review of 1987 and 1988. We'll be giving you our favourites from the list of characters, single issues, artists and vehicles. Cool. So, I'll look, I look forward uh, to that. Chime in with what you think. Yeah, chime in, <laughs> chime in with what you think should be up there for, for nominees for those categories. Where can the good people find you, sir? They can find me at Diagnostic80 on most things and, of course, the 4th Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just, you know, everywhere, basically. And now Forever. Talking Show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> also, I'm going to get Mainframe on to uh, hack everyone's accounts so we know <laughs> that we, that we can check up on them. That's the only like way it's it. going to happen. I like it. But with that done and said, um, have a good week, everyone, and we will catch you down the road. Bye. Bye.